0: Welcome to an episode of La Ventanita. I am Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald Food Editor, and coming to you from the hood, the hood. of Kendall, <laughs> my co-host, Amy Reyes.
1: Hi there, Carlos. It's really it, dangerous up in these streets right now.
0: Are, are, um, there, are there raccoons fighting outside of uh, Dandy Bear and Kendall right now?
1: No, but the guy who drives around sharpening knives just came through, so you know it's about to get real up in Kendall. Wow, it's about
0: to get real. People got their knives sharp. Yeah, because uh, for the folks, the the two people left in the world that don't know, A-Rod said that he grew up in, in the hood that is Kendall. Yes. And you know what's funny about that is the best take I heard about that? Because he was roundly right, he was like roundly made fun of for that. Yeah. But the best take I heard about that is that, like in basketball, they say that you get caught up in the air. So, like you jump up to, and you're supposed to make a pass only when you're standing on the ground. But you jump up to make a pass, and there's no one to throw the ball to, and you're kind of frozen. And I think that's what happened, A Rod. Like he's like trying to make himself still be cool, or or like one of the one of the you know the the people down here. And he or, just got in the air.
1: Carlos, hear me out. This could be the case that A-Rod is so rich that now Kendall feels like hood to him. So like that could be the case. He might come through these streets and be like, oh, my God, look at all these strip malls. And like, oh, my God, they have condos here. Like, what is this? Like,
0: like, he's ugh. he's just he's just so far aloft at this he's point. So that he's so like,
1: far off. I can't like, believe like, I, a different level. I
0: can't believe survive that I survived going to the smallest La Carreta.
1: Oh my god, like, ugh, like what is this town and country mall? I mean, like where where's the bellhop? Like where's the valet, you know?
0: He went looking yeah. for the lock that he put on the uh, on the bridge there, right? The little lock. Yeah, he
1: he he never put a bridge a lock no, on no. the bridge. No. Nobody
0: nobody nobody hooked him up with the lock there on that.
1: Bridge. No, but that was probably the funniest thing to happen all yeah. week.
0: Yeah, thanks, A-Rod. So if, you haven't, thanks, if A-Rod. you haven't read anything about that, just Google A-Rod. And, and actually, Google Connie Ogle, who's our colleague, who wrote the funniest take on that entire uh, fiasco, which is she describes how, you know, she finally gives, you know, A- A-Rod finally gives Kendall the, the street, the street cred it deserves.
1: Yeah, because you know it's dangerous in these streets. We have I mean, rabid raccoons, feral cats those what do you call those ducks with the ugly like thing yeah, on the their muscovy face? ducks man the, the terrifying dodging got r- ducks
0: from uh, yeah. from from uh, dandy bear to hungry bear
1: oh my god they're just like out there in these streets terrorizing you know, poor
0: people poor a-rod poor a-rod yeah. but you know he made it out he made out his, his talent <laughs>
1: He's fi- he'll be all right
0: <laughs> his talent got him out
1: <laughs> he will be all so, right
0: so we have some things to talk about today right um First and foremost i think this one is literally something that we just found out last night and uh i they sent out a press release like right as we were getting getting ready to go on the air um uh havana harry's has been sold uh after uh, they opened in 95 so you know they're they're they've been open open almost 30 years and uh it's been sold to the folks who own uh Buia and pisco Inasca so I'm, I'm really curious what that means for a place that was literally family owned it was owned um uh by a mom and pop, a literal mom and pop, uh an American guy and a uh, and a Cuban woman. Uh, mm-hmm. so which is why Havana Harry's had that little bit of like a f- a forward spin or a little bit of a of a more modern twist to it uh, from just traditional Cuban food for lots of years. So I'm I'll be curious to see what that means, you know?
1: Well I'm a fan of Pisco y Nazca and Buya, so I mean both uh are available in Kendall. So <laughs> I'm yeah, sure I, I think I'm they sure they that whatever they do, they won't ruin it. They'll figure yeah. out how to make it cool.
0: I think so. I think so. But it's it's sad to to know that a place you know it's now owned by like a bigger corporate thing you know than than a mom and pop you know.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the plans are. I wonder if there's going to be a bunch of them all over the place.
0: I don't know, but I mean, it's got a great name. Like you could see a yeah, it's it, it you could see it becoming a Bubba Gump. I mean, that would make me very sad. But you know, yeah, and at least it check, doesn't
1: have like a dubious origin story like. <laughs>
0: Though what who's Harry? I don't know. I'm working on that. I'm not sure who the Harry in Havana Harry's is because no, but no... I mean
1: at least it doesn't have a dubious or origin story like what was it, Cafe Havana that was trying to oh, please. pop up down here. No. We're
0: not gonna even try <laughs> don't
1: that go place there, anymore. Amy. Don't go there. <laughs> no, I'm just
0: keeping my rage at a tolerable level when I talk about that place. Uh-huh. Um so oh, what else let do me we tell have? you
1: let me tell you who won our Croquetta poll.
0: Oh our right. very
1: scientific, very above board. <laughs> <laughs>
0: are bot infested (laughs)
1: not bot driven at all um cow bakery came in first place for our croqueta pole so i mean
0: i mean cow bakery they make good croquetas they do
1: they're the 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 offspring of the vicky bakery empire so you know it's an offshoot of them i think that's legit we still have to do a, a a drive by and go visit well fed not well made, well fed. Not Well made, well fed. We have to go. We have to go visit that place, Carlos, just do because we? we have to discover.
0: We do. Do we, is, do we? Is it a real place?
1: It is. Does it it exist? exists in Coral you, Gables. You I saw, saw it. it. You
0: saw it with your own eyes. I ice. did. I
1: walked past it. It's just. It's one of those places that's not open for lunch, so we yeah. would have to go in the evening. And for me to leave Kendall in the evening, it's got to be a really, really big deal. It's,
0: it's basically. It's well fed, but it's not well known. I think is. Uh, <laughs> I guess how it is.
1: Dang. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Moving okay, so, on. <laughs> so let's,
0: let's get to our guest. Shall we get to the guest? Yes. All right. Let's get to the guest. So our guest today is Val Chang. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Val. So Val has a story that is not uncommon for Miami. But when you step back and think of it, it's, it really is stunning. You know, Her family fled Peru due, during an economic crisis. Her dad, Fernando, uh, was forced to leave her and her older brother, Nando, um, while he came to Miami to look for work where he discovered he had this rare talent to be a sushi chef so eventually the family reunites in Miami and they start working together in a restaurant first in a kosher sushi restaurant in Surfside if I'm not mistaken and then um, this, this tight little family created something really unique with their newest their new restaurant their first restaurant together uh, Itame and they're all three of them Val her brother Nando and her father Fernando this year for the first time were all nominated for James Beard Awards, which is, I think it's pretty, that's pretty interesting and it's pretty great because it is a family effort. So I wanna to talk to Val about her family's journey, but also her own skyrocketing career. I mean, everyone says, including her brother, who's super talented, that she is head and shoulders the best chef in the family, the best chef and cook and creative in the family. And uh, I also wanna to talk to her about her volunteer work for uh, Jose Andres's World Central Kitchen. So welcome, Val.
1: Pierre says that there's my trouble. He said, stand by, Val.
0: Stand by, Val. All right, we're going to put Val backstage, and then we're just going to talk a little bit. You can hang out for us, Val, and we'll, we'll be right back to you. So there was that one thing that, I, that uh, we didn't get into the intro, and it's like uh, bon Mi, uh, Ben Me, which is this... Uh, it was a pop-up that came up uh, that started on Instagram with this guy, um, Ben Murray... Uh, just started making these Vietnamese um, sandwiches online and really just to make ends meet and keep himself busy and feed his friends. And it became into such a thing that he connected with an old buddy and they opened a storefront. And it was open for all of six months. Um, yeah. And then it closed uh, yeah. at some point in the it last It was on weeks.
1: Española Way and it was kind of part of a, a little wave of new openings on Española Way that happened in... Um, in uh you know second half of 2021 and you know it looked like things were gonna be you know because they opened that new hotel there oh what's it called Carlos oh the, the Esme, uh,
0: Esme. The Esme yeah, the hotel. Esme.
1: yeah they opened the, that new Esme Hotel and um, there's a couple of new venues inside of that hotel including um, I guess ban was a small little storefront there and unfortunately it's gone now but um I think that his place Mimi's is still open
0: yeah, they they still have that spot. Mimi's, uh, he, he and his partner still have that one. But it started me thinking about whether we've reached this point where all those little pandemic pop ups that we saw that had started a hustle, you know, and they were starting to get, you know, get traction. Are we getting to the point where that where that bubble's about to burst?
1: Yeah, like that would that be started. that would be terrifying because um, I mean I think the low overhead. Probably was one of the things that made it easier for them to have the uh, the success as an Instagram, you know, kind of pop up place. Uh, but it, it has me worried about a lot of places that I really like that might <laughs> encounter paying rent in Miami a struggle.
0: Yeah, surprise. Once
1: they go from all, you know, they go you know to an actual brick and mortar place. So,
0: all right. Okay. So we'll, or, we'll is it better? Oh, yeah, she's better. back! She's All back.
1: right. <laughs> you know,
0: there's, there's nothing like turn it off and turn it back on.
1: It's a hundred percent the solution to every technological. It's hundred percent
0: the solution to everything. But uh, so Val, thanks for again for making time. I think it's uh, you know it's funny because you've been busy with uh, it seems like with a lot of things, both with World Central Kitchen, and I saw on your Instagram that you're leading tours. Um, in you uh, in, at one point you're gonna lead a tour in Peru, uh, which I thought was yeah that, really that's next
2: year. I'm actually so, so excited for it because I'm gonna be going with Nicholas Gill. So it's very exciting and it's gonna be an adventure to see Peru through his eyes as well.
0: Right. Wait so, wait.
2: So what's the tour? Is it like a an it's a private or... it's a private tour. They, we take I believe 20 10 couples ideally it doesn't have to be couples, but, you know, in pairs. And um, we're going to go to Cusco with them, Machu Picchu, and uh, we're going to eat. And so they'd like to do – they're probably going to kill me for this. But they, they, they like to do um, – oh, my God, I'm, I'm drawing blank right now. But um, – oh, my God, I'm drawing blank. Sorry, guys. No, no,
0: that's I mean, right. They, they, they like
2: to mix the culinary part of it, right? So they right. Ha- they, they bring in chefs – plan this trip so they plan the whole trip but they bring in a chef who's close to the country so that they can really get like a very personalized tour for everybody who's there you know somebody who really knows and then we host uh we host dinners we host cooking classes yeah and i saw i saw your instagram
0: the 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 shot on your instagram reminded me um a couple years ago i went to uh, i went to cusco and we ate at Mil, Virilio um, yes. Martinez's restaurant on the edge of. You have to, for folks who are listening to the audio, you kind of have to imagine. Imagine like a, a like a cone, like a like a chasm, <clears throat> right? And in that chasm is basically it's like a it's like a terraced. Uh, imagine a farm that's terraced. So it's like this cone that goes under that goes to the into the ground, and the temperature drops something like ten degrees from the very top where you are to the very bottom. And they grow different food traditionally. You know, like. Traditional indigenous cultures would grow food at different levels. And he was experimenting with, with indigenous food grown at different regions, cooking at his restaurant. So, and, and I saw you had uh, kind of like that terraced image and stuff like that. And I, yeah, and we're, you know, we're
2: going to definitely be going to mail And oh it's so exciting to go with Nicholas because I know he's worked so closely with Helio. That I'm just so excited to see it through what he, you know, what he knows ins and out just of the area of working with him and any connections. And I think it'll make it really special for all the guests who are going to be joining us.
0: I, I don't know him. What's what's his what's his story, Nicholas Hill?
2: Oh, you have to get him on a podcast to speak to nah, you and tell wait, you all about it. it. Good answer, Val. Good answer. <laughs> you're putting me. This is
0: not what I, was, I thought
2: yeah. I was here to talk about today. <laughs> I'm
0: like, no, tranquila, father, tranquila. Fire
2: me today for Modern Adventure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, but it's but seriously, would, it, folks, just follow her Instagram and follow that thing because as as more information comes out about it, you're gonna want to know because that sounds like a once in a lifetime trip. Yeah, but I'm I want to the, the, look, the look part into that, that. The part that I'm most interested in, in talking with you is it's kind of your journey you know how you you know uh, like i said your story is is one that is familiar to us who grew up in miami which is you know we are an immigrant city like it's what makes us special it's like what makes us complex and interesting i think and um and 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 really it led to to you guys finding your own unique place and um and i'm curious about that like how did um how was it for you uh, that that you guys were able to translate the things that you learned, the things that you grew up with, into this restaurant that is now beloved by Jose Andres and many people in yeah. Miami.
2: you know a lot. A lot has changed and 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 transformed for us since we started. You know, upstairs in, in Saint Rock Market, um,
0: including the name Saint Rock Market.
2: <laughs> yeah, like three times.
0: Like three times.
2: You know, I. You know, Nando is the helm of it now he's completely focused on that project as my dad and I have been able to, you know, focus on the other two little projects we have going on. I mean, each my definitely just meant foundation for us. You know, we were able Mm -hmm. to build such a strong foundation there that we've been able to grow. I mean, we, you know, we started with five people. Now I think we have up to 50 employees amazing, um, all around and, um, yeah, it's been I think to my was a foundation for us, a place that I mean, you know, I I don't spend much time there anymore. And I always try to make that really clear because I don't want to, you know, cre- give credit where credit's due. due. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Nando all through and through. I still go like once a week, at least to eat and to check in. And whenever I, you know, um, whenever I can, I drive by and if he's ever short staffed or anything. Um, I you know, he'll call me and I'll go in and it's 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 a different angle for me now because I'm having, you know, when I go in now, it's I just go to to enjoy them, to watch everything that they're working on, to watch all the different dishes and truly just to enjoy it. Right? right. Which before it was like all I felt like it was, you know, I had so much pressure to make everything so perfect and and every, you know, so much weight. And now it's just for more fun than anything. When I go, how was, into it, my how
1: was it different going from the, the food hall to the, the standalone? Was it, was it a lot of stress?
2: Well, we signed the lease before the pandemic, Yay. like two months Don't. before everything yeah. went down. So I think that was a bit scary for us at first, but I think what I was we trying to tell you guys before I was a foundation. Like we always knew my brother my dad and I, when we spoke and my other two partners, Eric and David. That no matter what, we'd make it work, right? Like no matter what, even if it had to be the five of us again, starting from zero. And and that's the mentality I think we have with every single project we go into, you know, that as long as the five of us are together, we're going to push through, push forward, and everything's going to be fine, you know? It's definitely come with its challenges, I think, Fernando And Nando, you know, can speak more about it. It's sizing, you know? We love to go into really small spaces and try to make something really big. Like we are really good at that. We're like oh that space is like 100 square feet we love it we'll make something really special out of it <laughs> you know and then we're like trying to um we're you know on top of each other cuz you know it's always so 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 crammed but um it's been, it's had more challenges than that you know the space wise the you know i we envision it to be more of a fast casual you know, kind of like it was upstairs, you know. And then Nanda was got very inspired and wanted to, to transform it and, and elevate it completely. So we, we, you know, the only big challenge I think, besides all the challenges that everybody runs into, right? Like inflation right now, food costs, labor costs. Talk about like rent has nothing on, on what food costs is right now. Or I mean, yeah, like if you're trying to be like in Lincoln Road, you're gonna have or or in the main street of Wynwood, of course, you know. But right. like labor costs right now are so high food costs are you know, that that I think that's what like when you were talking about the little pop ups, like I think that's what's really happening right now, you know, Right. not so we- just like the the power of signing a lease and being on the hook for ten thousand dollars of of rent. It's like, OK, now you have that. But now there's, you know, the f- food cost is at least 15 percent up. Oh wow! And, like, Did you say 50, and, and it's like five, five zero? 15. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, fifteen. Well, in some cases it is. Like I'll tell you, we were paying forty dollars per case of limes, and right now we're paying one hundred and seventeen.
0: Oh my god! So it's
2: what? even like, and at a
0: restaurant that that like Ouch. where ceviches are all based on so much is based on lime and acids and all those, you must go through. Limes like crazy. So that's like a huge cost for you guys.
2: Yeah, we just saw an invoice. Um, I was breaking down numbers last night. I was talking to Nando this morning, and we saw an invoice for a thousand dollars of limes just for one week.
0: Oh my god! What? That is incredible. Ouch.
2: So if yeah. you're not
1: if you're not focused fully
2: on Edamay right now, what projects are you what
1: projects are you focusing your energy on?
2: Um, I'm right now. if only focused on the arena. So we have a kiosk there, which is called Raya. And it's a fast, casual chifa concept. So we sell fried rice, uh, noodles. So chaufa, arroz chaufa, tallarins saltado. We do two pokés and a ceviche. And then upstairs in the Bacardi lunch, we ha- we do the sushi and we do the sushi for the sweets as well.
0: Tell, tell us a little bit about that background because I think, I think that the thing that Miami knows, but the rest of the world is in love with the idea of Nikkei. So like this idea of, the, the Japanese food influences landing in Peru 200, 200 plus years ago and and adapting local flavors and those things fusing. A similar thing happened with Chinese culture and Chinese immigrants in Peru. Yeah, so we're actually
2: Chinese Peruvian.
0: Right. You guys are, Yeah, so we are, is. yeah.
2: So this is more what I grew up eating with my grandmother, my Chinese grandmother. um So the opportunity came and, and we were – we, I, we decided to go for it, but it's it, it, like, it sounds so simple to be like, okay, we're doing fried rice with lomo saltado, like, you know, as a, it could be as a topping or chicken with an orange, a jamarillo sauce, and we're doing noodles and pokies. Like it, it's literally five items, but it is not a joke.
0: You are you are killing it me because that been. sounds so good, and I'm I hate so that I have to go to the right stadium now. to. I have <laughs> yeah, to, I have you to,
2: can only get at the stadium. I
0: have to buy heat tickets to like to eat the food, which is I'm fine with. That's like two. That's like a win-win, you know. The way yeah. the heater have just started playing better.
2: So that's you know that it's and that we're in the same the same scenario, right? Like a really tiny space, not getting, like our dry storage is basically two speed rugs. Uh, it, you know, I mean the the arena has been so generous to let us work out of the arena kitchen. But as you could imagine, we're like a little piece, a tiny piece of the puzzle that they do, you know? So you're like trying to move around and maneuver around them. We've changed like the fried rice. So it has to be like six. I'm not lying to you, six times. <laughs> Cause it's like oh, wow. every single time you get this rice, the product is not available anymore. And then we realized like at first the chefs um, there were telling me like, no way you're going to be able to do like, um, uh, like a maneuver. And I, and I fought it with them. I was like, no, I don't want to cook that way. This is crazy. You you like, you know, but now when we're, you know, we're selling so much. We go through right. so much product. I mean, we go through, for one game, we go through like 30 quarts of rice, 80 pounds of, of chicken, 80 pounds of beef.
0: Right. So you did know, this all...
1: So did your whole family start cooking from, from when when you guys were in Peru? Or your dad
2: just became a cook because that was the work he found when he was in Miami? That was the work he found when he was in Miami. But we grew up in homes that cooked really good. Like, both so- of our grandmothers cooked very good. Our, you know, my grandmother had our, um, she was like our house mom who was living with my grandmother since so she was 16. And by the time we we were born, she was probably 40-something. Wow. And... She, her name is Valta, which I did a pop-up for that. She cooks so good. And and she actually cooked very criollo style, but also had learned. And later on, as I went to talk to her, meet with her to cook for her to teach me, um, she learned from like my great-grandmother's sister's recipes like that, from like my Chinese great-grandmother recipes that they would teach her. So she would be able to cook them for my grandmother and my grandfather.
0: So you're working so you're like developing things that are generations old and then finding your own way I would imagine to to make them your own too and to and to pass them forward.
2: Yeah, I mean this is it's been very interesting Carlos. Like I I thought, you know, this is this has been like a whole different game for me. Um learning to make, you know, the right calls when when not just like what I want to cook as a chef but like a uh really blending in like being a good business woman and also being a good chef and making Mm -hmm. the right calls for the staff. And like, when like we make, we were making an orange where we do make an orange sauce, right. For the chicken. And we were adding soy sauce to it, but it was, it was really kind of the customers were a little bit off because it wasn't like that generic bright orange sauce. And then like redoing the recipes, making Mm -hmm. the right calls, not just like what it's not all about, like what I, it's feeding the masses, really, right. <laughs> that I had have never you, really done before.
1: Have, since since the the cuisine that you're dealing with has a lot of um, a lot of fusion in it from you know different cultures from Peru and from China, have you gotten in Miami and found other people who are doing takes on like chowder or or, um, or the Nikkei or anything? And you're just like, what are you doing? Like you you can't do that. Have you found anybody where you're just like, I I don't understand where they're going with this now? Or do you think that like you know, it's all fair. Like
2: I think everybody's so inspired by Peruvian food. And perhaps, like, the 25-year-old me would have said, what are you doing? Like, you can't have, like, this isn't a ceviche. If it, if it didn't hit the notes that I grew up eating for me, which is spicy, citrusy, in-your-face, salty. Like, maybe the 25-year-old me hmm. would have been very critical. But the, like, humble 30-year-old me now, after working at the arena and understanding, like, this this whole different side, or just not just the arena, everything you know, the three projects we have going on, all the variables. I just you know run with it, whatever feels good for you, whatever inspires you, whatever you think that means to you, you know.
0: So so talk to me about chifa. Chifa obviously is this is this idea of the it's just like Nikkei is the fusion of like Japanese and Peruvian culture, chifa being the Chinese and Peruvian culture. Talk to me about the chifa that you grew up eating and like like your grandmother and the kind of things that she made what are those what are those dishes and those moments that stand in your mind you know when you think about what makes good chifa
2: i mean it's it's, it's such a personal question for me because for me I, all those memories i have of chifa always bring me back to just how close i mean i grew up with my grandmother when my, my, my dad left so for me, like she always made it the best, you know, was it the best? I don't know. But for me, it was, you know, like that. Um, and I didn't really realize how much chifa we ate growing up. Like I always knew like Sundays, we usually ate chifa. But because um, our house mom, she really cooked more criollo. But then I realized as I got older, and just started going down memory lane. Like every, big hot, like every big thing that happened in our family, we always ate chifa. Like somebody got engaged, we had massive amounts of chifa. Somebody died, we had like my grandma was making chifa for whoever she was hosting, or you know every big celebration or any big um, anything big that happened in our family, we always ate chifa. Um, When when she I'm sorry, go ahead. When she would come to Miami, we would always bother her to make us like she made. Um, chicken and broccoli with these like uh, oyster mushrooms. She would make us always wontons. Like that, that's something like we wouldn't leave her make her like we wouldn't let her leave without making us. She would always <laughs> make us wontons. Um, she would always make us like pineapple, pineapple, um, pork arroz right. chaufa. Then she would make us like a white rice with Chinese sausage. Um, oh, the Chinese sausage
0: all- is is everything.
2: Pan so fried what, lo mein she would make at home too. Oh man!
1: What makes what makes chifa different from you know traditional Chinese food?
2: I think our ingredients really. Mm. I mean, you, you know my like my Peruvian my my Peruvian grandma makes arroz chaufa, too, but she like starts it off with bacon. Oh You know yeah, she I starts it off with bacon, renders all the fat. You know, um, which my. Asian grandmother would not do that. Um, I think our ingredients, you know,
0: I would imagine there's some, uh, aji amarillo or rocoto or something in there at some point in some of those dishes.
2: More like on the side, to be honest yeah. with you. Interesting. Like we always, like we don't eat chifa without pickles and we do the pickles are like daikon carrots and aji amarillo, like a oh, sweet vinegary pickles. We don't eat it without it. Like it, it's you know, and always an in Inca Cola as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, our
0: our former colleague uh, Veronica Quispe, uh, it is, is says that she's she's Peruvian and she swears number one by all Peruvian food and two by Inca Cola being the greatest of the Latin American <laughs> the Latin beverages.
2: It's the best soda in the world.
0: Is it? Is it <laughs> Get though? Get on
2: board, everybody. Is it's, it really? Listen, I, you know what it makes. I think the difference between Chinese like. I think it's our passion for food and good eating, so we go right. in when we cook something it's like we don't just do like a we you know we really we really go in when we cook, you know, and we're so passionate about the flavors and we want it to always be so flavorful and bold and in your face that I think we do the same thing with with chifa, you know
0: right Peruvian food has that in that. It's, it's really one of the most complex cuisines. I mean, you know better than anyone, obviously, that uh, the fact that it hits so many parts of your palate, that like it involves so much uh, spice and heat and fat and, and in those proportions, you know, and it's like, uh, and there's, like you said, this, the sweetness and the fermentation. It's like this, this mix, this world mix, all in this one, this one uh, you know, uh, especially in Lima, this gray surfside town, you know. Did you watch any of that um, uh, that show that it was like Chef's Table? Was called, it was called Street Food, and there was an episode in, in Peru?
2: Yes, of course. The yeah. first thing – I'm a pro Peruvian, Carlos. The first thing I do – when any of the shows come on I look at the index and I find Peru and that's the first show I ever watched. <laughs> I don't ever watch in order. I'm a very tall <laughs> Peruvian. <laughs> the first thing I did was watch the Peru episode a couple years ago though. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, those those uh, roscones, those uh, those deep fried which for us they look a lot like buñuelos, those deep fried rings. They're like those Oh, picarones. Words. Los picarones are the ones I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh my god, those are amazing. I remember eating from that little viejita in that park. In that little, in that park right down in Miraflores.
2: So I grew up in Chiclayo.
0: Tell me about Chiclayo. What is that like?
2: For me, it's the most beautiful town in the world. Of course. (laughs) Um, it's small. I mean, it's it's large, but in our world, it was very small. It has um. I think for me, the best food comes from the north. It's very different than Lima. Um, it's very tropical climate. Um,
0: how is it different? What kind of things. what kind of food traditions do you see there that you don't see in Lima? The...
2: Way more like flavorful. Like okay, so in Lima, you're more like the ceviche doesn't have as much heat and as much uh, as much, in my opinion, you know. Um, it doesn't have as much heat, as much acidity, where in Chiclayo, it has all of that. Um, for instance, in Lima, you eat more of un seco, like a beef seco. And in mm-hmm. in um, Chiclayo, we eat more um, uh, cabrito norteño, mm-hmm. which is a, a goat stew, or it could be goat or
0: lamb. Which you were in love with, right? You were making that for a stretch down here. at Itame. you made it for, even for like special, little special one-offs you would make. Yeah, I
2: made it at Balta. Well, you know, I always found that it was, I always thought that a lot of the things were gonna be very hard to make here and duplicate because um, of the ingredients. But then once I started finding ingredients here that were similar to, to the ingredients there, with the same families, and then using them, and then they would actually come out really good. I was like so, like that's what I do, you know. Like once I like get hooked in a recipe, I just do it over and over and over and over until I can do it with my eyes closed, and I can, you know, duplicate it over and over again. So I think I was making a lot of seco for a while, cabrito. <laughs> I, I
1: was, I always wondered and. Forgive my ignorance, but I've always wondered about, like, the things that are presented on a plate of ceviche. Like, why that combination? Like, why the... um the choclo, and then why the um, sweet potato? Like, what what is like the? Do you know like why? Yeah, talk us
0: through, talk us through the ceviche. Like, when when you look at the plate for those who have never had a ceviche, talk us through all the things you find on a traditional plate of ceviche, and how do you eat them together? Because you got the little sweet potato, the choclo in two forms. Tell us about that.
2: So, my perspective, of course. I mean, first is just how I grew up eating them. But in the north, we eat it with, I don't know if you ever had a meditamaya, torrejitas de choclo. But I, I believe that everything is to, like, the corn. Like, I, I believe the crunch is there, pro, you know, for, for the crunch. For the crunch. And mm-hmm. then the corn and the sweet potato or the torrejitas are there to absorb some of the acidity and balance them out
0: mm-hmm. with
2: their natural um, sweetness.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like that that little chunk of sweet potato. Yeah, when it when it absorbs really, really when it <laughs> absorbs some of the the leche de tigre mm-hmm. acid and just eating the sweet potato is like in itself is like a main part yeah. of the dish. Yeah, Although
2: I, I don't like it when it's too sweet. Mm-hmm. For me, I, read like, that, like, I read somewhere that yeah. that Peru had
1: like, I read somewhere that Peru had like sixty five different like varieties of potatoes.
0: I think it's higher than I think it's ten times higher than that.
1: I really respect yeah. their 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 love of potatoes
2: because as a person who eats lots of potatoes <laughs> like we're double carvers in peru we love double carbs in our plates. <laughs> like we eat we, we have a protein we'll have rice and a potato you know we have like we have um we have potato this dish should called be on the flag talo, and we do like we do white rice potato puree and then the meat
0: yeah potato <laughs> should be on we, the flag it should be on the national flag just the potato we do
2: i agree we do seco, and then we do, you know, sometimes they put yuca, and then rice, and then beans. <laughs> so we, we love our carbs in Peru.
0: Tell me about, uh, when, like, Chiclayo, what does the town look like? What is, give us a sense of, like, how it is compared to, to Lima. Because Lima is a, this big, wide, expansive seaside town. It's always gray. They said the color of Lima is gray, you know, because it's got, like, this, this uh, soft colors. In Peru, they call it like
2: different. panza, de, panza, de, like a dunk, like in Peru, they always call lima, like the sky, like a, like a burro, una panza de burro, el color de panza mm. de burro, because it's always gray. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um, Donkey belly whoa, gray. I've
2: never, I've never been asked that question to describe chiclayo.
0: Like, is it near mount? Is it mountainous? Is it at the foot of mount? No, is it's, it,
2: it's, uh, it's, it's a mix between the desert and beach.
0: Oh, interesting. So
2: it's, it's still developing a lot. You know, I think like before I left, there was no McDonald's. Um, oh, wow. There's only, I believe, I, I...
0: That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You want McDonald's? Better, I don't know for how to.
2: <laughs> I don't know how. It definitely was very different than living in the capital for sure. Like I grew up only having, you know, um, not pasteurized milk. And I remember the first time I went to Lima and my mother had come to visit us and she took us to Lima, to the capital, and she gave me this milk in a little container. I had never had it and um, drank it. I was like, oh, it's delicious. I never had like chocolate milk or anything like that, (laughs) Um, because you have you not because not because it wasn't available, but you have that closeness with your like in, in Chicago, you have like two major uh markets for food right and like you have been shopping with the same ladies who buy your meat for years Mm -hmm. you know you have that really closeness there and it's easy it's accessible you can go every day to the market you know there's not there's not crazy traffic like there is in lima and um i remember coming back to chiclayo and my grandma gave me like from her butcher she gave me the milk and that she would always buy and I, I just remember the smell of it. And I just could not drink. And I have not drank milk since then. I mean, they tried to yeah. force feed me it. Probably why I stayed the smallest out of all my siblings. But I was just like, no, like, what is this? Because I, you know, I had gone to the, it sounds silly, but I gone to the Capitol and had pasteurized milk. And, and when I came home and they tried to give me the other milk, I just couldn't. Like, I was like, no, this is terrible. You've been lying to me my whole life. <laughs>
0: My life is a lie. My milk I, I, and, they, is a lie. and
2: we drank, like, the big – you know, the big grandma? Like, milk glasses. You know, your grandma can never just give you, like, a small one growing up. She needs to give you the biggest one in the <laughs> it's house. It's like
0: a pitcher. I know. The biggest <laughs> glass in the house. And we drank three
2: a day. Three a day. And oh I just God. remember, like, getting up and I was like – like, I was just in Lima and being like, oh, my God. What is this milk? <laughs> Why don't we have this milk? And, you know, so –
0: so tell me, tell me about that about growing up in Chiclayo. Your your dad, uh, Fernando, who is this man, the sweetest guy ever, um, and a very like calm, very quiet man. Um, your dad leaves to to basically look for work, and and you guys are apart something like three years, right? Like that. No, is, we uh,
2: were apart nine years.
0: Nine years, you're apart mm-hmm. nine years. That is incredible. That is really incredible. And then you find yourself. I don't know the, during that nine year period, what was that like for you to, to kind of like as you're literally growing into a young woman, you know, surrounded by your grandma, these these strong women in your life? It sounds like
2: I mean, I'm so thankful that I had my brother next to me, you know, because we didn't just grow up without my dad. We grew up without my mom and my dad for those years. I mean, my dad came, I think, a couple of times to Peru, but he my, dad, you know, he was always so punctual. like every Sunday, 4 p.m., we couldn't be anywhere but by the phone. And remember back then it was like, there was no cell phones. And then my dad had to get, you know, the calling cards, he would scratch call. Mm-hmm. And then, so like at four o'clock, that was his only break he had from work. He would call us on Sundays and we would speak to him every single Sunday. Um, so he couldn't be anywhere. Like Nando and I couldn't be anywhere, any, any Sundays at four o'clock. Wow. Um, it, you know, I, it, I'm it, it was, it was, it was really, I mean, I think, you know, it, it was tough. It's, it's always tough to grow up in without your parents. Um, but, you know, Chiclayu is so small and the community so small that I grew up surrounded by a lot of people who were, you know, made sure to be around us, to love us, take care of us and teach us, Who would take us anywhere that they would go. You know, the, and these were friendships that were my parents' friendships, you know, right. that made sure. So in that sense, it was. It was okay. As long as, you know, I think Nando and I have always had that mentality. We will always have it that as long as we're by each other's side, I think everything's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, when you did you brother... come to
2: Miami? When I was 10.
0: And you and your brother, I mean, that was such a you, he he said it before that like you'll start a sentence and he finishes it, that kind of thing. Like, like even though I was convinced
2: we your... were twins and <laughs> they yeah. didn't want to tell us. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, you grow up so close when you're like, oh my, I I, I, like, I, you know, when I moved to Peru from Miami, um, because we lived in Miami for a little bit before we went back to Peru, I only spoke English and I could only really communicate with my brother when I got home for like, just for like four months or two, I was like yapping away in Spanish. Sure. So I think that made me extremely more, but I was born attached to him. Like they would tell me like when I was born, They try to make me sleep in my own room, and I wouldn't stop crying as an infant until they put me in the same room as Nando, and then I just finally would fall asleep. And then they moved my crib to his room. (laughs) I should have given him a warning what kind of life he was gonna have with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he appreciates it, and that so it's not it's not um, uh, uh, strange for the for the fact that you guys. Are tight as a family and thus work together. Like went into this business together. Like you guys, uh, as long as I've known about you guys, you've always been working together on this in this one business. It seems like that's where you guys want to be after being apart for so long. Like that you guys reunite doing this thing together. You know, and and the fact that you're recognized together, I think is is it also really beautiful. It was
2: special for for you know we felt really special for my dad. Really, you know. Um, I think Nando and I have long ways to go. I, I, you know, it is a fine line, you know, because like for like the decision of really, you know, him turning it to my to what he wanted also meant me um, stepping out of it really because I I didn't because we we see food differently, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to express ourselves differently, you know, and 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 that was difficult you know, to accept that, because it's something that like, I was so in a day to day of everything, you know, every single thing that was made, you know, I I was, you know, on top of it. So, but, you know, a year later, I, I I am really thankful and, and happy that we were, were both able to express ourselves. I mean, I'm still, you know, we're still looking for my restaurant, which will eventually, you know, will soon happen.
0: But I I cannot wait for that Val Chang I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) dying for it.
2: But I love seeing what my brother's creating and how he's expressing himself without me having anything to say, you know, because Mm. I think he always wanted to do that, but then I would say, no, I wanted to be more criollo or I wanted to go this way. And I perhaps I presented all the limitations for him, you know, to do what he really wanted to express himself. So. And, as you've seen it, you know I see the I see the dishes, I see what Itamai is, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, like I'm so glad we were able to make this really difficult personal choice, but it led to both of us being happier and able to because at the end it doesn't matter, and nothing else matters, and you're truly happy and you're doing what you love on the day to day, and you and if you're creative, you get to express yourself you know, the way you want to, with no limitations. I mean, that's a blessing, you know, because many chefs don't really ever get to do that. You know, many chefs don't really get to, like, have a choice. You work, and this is what you do, and you either work for somebody else, and this is the menu that they want, and you're limited to this, you know. But we're so blessed to have the chance to, all of us, express ourselves exactly how we want to. So if
0: you – that's I'm what's sorry. next for you. I was going to say that's what's next for you. Then is to is to look for a place to express like what your thing is, and and you have a, a more classical fine dining training. Like you spent time in Thomas Keller kitchens and, um, uh, uh Adrià, his brothers, Albert, uh, Albert Alberto Adrià. Uh, his uh, you know, obviously they were they were co chefs at um, at El Bulli in in Spain, yeah, which was number one restaurant in the world for years. Um, so you have that find anything and you, it sounds like you want to try to express that, but also there's some element.
2: I, 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 I want to go more casual Hmm, and that's where kind of, we met and we were like, okay, we're not seeing, I, you know, we don't, we don't want to cook. Like I want to do more casual. I want to, I want you guys to feel like you're eating at my house, the food I would make with my grandmothers, the food, I, you know, like that's what I want.
0: Well, to listen, you know. whenever you're ready to invite us over to your house to cook, I, I think Amy and I, are, Amy and I are game.
2: I'll eat whatever mm-hmm. you
1: put on the Amy,
0: table. Amy's got the white girl stomach, though, so I, I, I'm curious to see. I think the rice will balance it. Amy, eats I'll anything. I'll be okay.
1: Peruvian, I can okay? handle. Okay. I've never had a bad experience with Peruvian.
0: Because Peruvian food is the best food in the world is what you're saying.
1: Obviously. It is. I'm right. I,
2: thankful you, uh, you recognize that on air for everybody know. to know. For sure. No, everybody like, should it's know legit. it. It's very,
0: I'm very clear. What was it like watching your dad because your dad is a guy who didn't didn't cook and he came here and he learned to be a sushi chef and he had this incredible following of people that like they would open a restaurant an Italian restaurant and they would have your dad do sushi one day a week. They would open a you know a different kind of restaurant and they would have your dad doing sushi. So it was like whatever the concept was plus sushi because your dad became this really well respected sushi chef who had a following for like decade for like over a decade. And then to see that, that recognized on a national scale, what was it like to see him get a James Beard award nomination? He must've, what was that like?
2: He was so proud of him. So I was like (laughs) on a treadmill, just like so excited for my peers, you know, um, waiting to see what was happening. I was excited for my brother. Um, And as I was, um, I was like, um, I was running because I'm training for a half marathon. I was Uh-oh. running and I just see it. And I'm like Nando, Valerio, Fernando, and I just like, like it. I'm, it was so. It sounds so silly because we make it this. I mean, it is so special, but it's because we made it so special, right? That we, um, I just started crying of happiness and I and I. I, you know, there was a, a, a lot of guilt on my side because I was like, oh, you know, I called my brother and I said, I'm so sorry, my name is even on it. I know how hard you've been working this past year. You know, I I, I really wish this this was only yours in my dad's name, you know? And I, and I went through all those emotions and of feeling like, you know, guilt, you know, you always feel like you're a little guilty, you know? And then I had to, you know, take it back in and remember all the years that I also did put for this to come forward, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it was just crying and I just called my dad and my dad was like, finally, like, and you, you know, my dad, he is so (laughs) nice. And he was like, finally, somebody recognizes me in this family. (laughs) (laughs) That was his immediate reaction. Um, But I think, look, we've been so blessed um, to be nominated um, three times. And I think this was the most special one mm-hmm. because it was with my dad, you know? I can see so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that it's so special because it's like, you, you know, you, you're at first when we were all working together, you, you know, we're, you know, so if your ego, your maturity takes you to all these places where you want to do exactly what you want to do. And then, Unfortunately, you work with your dad and your brother and you start getting really personal and you start, you know, you, you, you take everything so personal, you know, until one, like, my dad would want to cut the fish this way and and Nando and I would be like, why do you want to do it so old school? Like, why can't you until one day, like, I truly came to me that like how blessed I am to work with my dad or how blessed I am to work with my brother. And that truly, like, I don't ever want to like spend any of those times being upset at any of them for something as silly as work and something that can always fix themselves and like just truly enjoy every moment, especially with my dad, you know, Nando and I have a long way to go, um, Hmm. in life, and our careers. And, and, you know, my dad, he'll probably never retire, even though we're like, you know, trying to get him to a place, you know, where the businesses are successful enough or so he can feel that it's his time so he can travel, he can enjoy, um,
0: does he like to travel? But you know, does, your life, time... does your dad like to travel?
2: No, he's a workaholic. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you I should am... travel. He
0: goes, I travel to the kitchen. That's where I travel. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm like, I'm, I'm the chunk that works least. Everybody knows this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad and my brother look at me, and they're like, wow. And I'm like, listen, guys, I work in my balance. I'm <laughs> like, um no. See that's but, why you know, she but, runs
1: Carlos cuz she that, she needs balance.
0: She's always she's running and she's like with her dog. All I see is pictures of her and her dog all around my is,
2: yes. She's locked up outside because I was like they're going to hear a bark and they're going to get scared and they're probably never going to fight me again.
0: No, <laughs> so I have my um, dog right I have my dog right next to me, but he's furniture. He's he's 8 months old, but he's just like a One time when he's My not, dog, just a Blump I'll bring him on.
2: My dog Sashimi is turning 10 in a week.
0: That is so cute that you named her sashimi. It. She
2: knows, yes, she knows exactly where Itamai is. She knows exactly where B-Side is because we go on walks. We live five minutes away from, I live right in the middle um, in Midtown. So she knows when we're walking, right? She knows exactly how to get to Itamai. And when we walk left, she knows exactly how to get to uh, B-Side.
0: So, um, I, I, so even though Peruvian food is the best food in the world, is yes. there a miami food that once you moved here that you learned to love either one particular dish or one kind of cuisine that you're like this isn't peruvian food but it's pretty good like is there one thing like that is it cuban bread is it uh, i don't know one thing that you learned from croquetas. miami to really love croquetas i don't know
2: um I, I, yeah but no i'm just thinking of all the things i've been exposed to here that i don't think i would have been exposed to like in Chiklayu, like when I was living there, like Thai food, Cuban food, um, as much Israeli food I've had here, you know, um, mm. pizza. I never had so much pizza time. I moved
0: here. <laughs> was there such a thing as, uh, did you get pizza exposure in uh
2: Yeah, but it's like very like a celebration. Like, you know, it's never like we, you no know, we eat at home, we cook at home, we, you know.
0: Yeah. Es una comida, as my mom would say about pizza. Es una comida.
2: Yeah, that was like a that's celebration, accurate. you know? Like, I, you know, Inca Cola is the, the best soda in the world, but I didn't grow up drinking soda.
0: Right. And that's why like it's myself. the best soda in the we world, because you never got to have up, it.
2: No, no, calm down. I'm going to send you a case next week. Yeah. To live at your house. No,
0: don't do that. Why don't you do that to Carlos? Carlos? A, a case of it no. Mándame a case of it bed. That's where I'm at. <laughs>
2: Are you an Inca Cola hater?
0: I am. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it. Why? I, say, I don't hate it. Listen, I don't yuck anybody's yum, but that ain't it for me. That bubblegum flavored cola. That
1: Does it taste like Dominican oh merengue? God. Is that what it tastes, like? Cause it, it tastes cola. like?
2: Because I've never had it. It tastes like bubblegum,
0: like liquid bubblegum.
2: Like a dum-dum sucker? Kind I of. understand. I understand your sorrow for not being born um, Peruvian. I get it. 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 Um <laughs> All right, but,
0: well, well yeah. uh, I, I think we're going we're gonna to let you have that one. We'll let you have that one. <laughs> uh, but, but before you go, we got to have you play our little game. We do a, we okay. do a, fu- a food kiss, marry, kill. We make okay. you do a, a kiss, marry, kill with food. Okay. And, uh, and we're going to put you in a tight spot. So uh, we're going to give oh. you chaufa, ceviche, and pizza. Since clearly you didn't have much of it, so you have kiss to kiss ceviche. one?
2: ceviche. <laughs>
0: Which one? Uh, maybe
2: kiss, yeah, kiss chaufa, marry ceviche, and kill pizza.
0: Oh, wow, okay, she killed oh, pizza okay. just like that. She
2: killed pizza. Yeah, I don't she, like pizza. She was ruthless. Sorry.
0: Oh, you, did, you don't like pizza. See, I thought you said that you did like pizza. Well, we made no, it too no, easy no, no. No, she her.
2: said she had never really it had easy. it.
0: She never no, had it. No, like I'm me, like enough. I never really had Inca-Cola, and then I had it, and I would kill it. That's the one that I would- <laughs>
2: Again, I get it. I'm so sorry. You weren't born in Peru. <laughs> uh, I've, had, I've had iron beer
1: and I can, I can confirm that it's not that great.
0: All right. Well, you know what? Get out of here. We've had enough of you already.
1: <laughs> Thank you guys. Val,
0: thanks so much for making time. Thank
1: you. Have an nice iron beer
0: you. and have a, a, a good look at Raya. We'll see you out there. Bye. Bye.
1: I don't think there has ever been an interview that has made me more hungry.
0: I'm starving right now. I am so hungry right are now. Are you intermittent fasting though?
1: No, not today. Today I had breakfast and I am about to go get myself some chowfa. There's a place down the street in Kendall.
0: <laughs> yes. There's a there's always there's a there's a is it are they Jamaican Chinese over there? There's a there's been a chowfa place in Kendall well, for a long time.
1: I go to a place called Piru Grill and okay. it's pretty great. It's they got all the stuff.
0: All right. Well, I'm so, st- I'm going to be waiting for that the 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 Chifa concept from uh from her. That's that's yeah. all I want right now. That sounds great.
1: I'm I'm starving. Let's go eat.
0: Amy, I think that's a show.
1: <laughs> that's a show.
0: All right, all right. Let's go eat.
1: See you next week.
0: Peace out.